When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio. Aaron Rodgers, he's working. He wants to play. He will be playing for the New York Jets. This is ESPN Radio coming to you live from Seaport. At least Jay is. Brought to you by Patron. (laughs) Perfection starts with Patron. You, of course, can watch us on ESPN2 and on ESPNU as well, where you can see Jay wearing the same sweatshirt that he has been in for 24 straight Straight hours. Hours. ESPN Radio is also brought to you by Progressive Insurance. So Aaron Rodgers, he is now at the helm for the New York Jets. And is that the missing piece? A lot of people think so. A lot of people think this Jets team was a Super Bowl, just a quarterback away from a Super Bowl, right? So you upgrade from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers, bada bing, bada boom, they'll walk into a championship. We just saw that idea go horribly wrong with the New York Mets, Jay, where buying By the way, hold on, time out, time out. Okay, time out. In the first damn minute of the show, Amber, you ain't going to disrespect me twice and get away with it, okay? Number one, you just told the world about my sweater again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't even give me a chance to well, reply like or retort. We get new listeners every, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, so. I, you didn't even give me a chance to tell the story about it. You just went right into football. And then you had to take a slight at Uncle Stevie and my Mets team because just because mm-hmm. we trade Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Just trade? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's the fire what, sale from the Mets that they're calling a retool? I'm frustrated it. with it, too. But you know what? My owner will spend money. We will yes. go out and we will attack. We will get more players, okay? It's a matter of time. Trust and believe in the process. I don't know why I just gave us the same terminology as the Philadelphia 76ers, but I guess we're going to be like the Mets of the process, okay? Well, let's hope it doesn't take 10 years like it's taking for Philly and you guys just continuously get mounts in the second round. Uh, the process hasn't worked out for the 76ers or the Mets of late. Uh, let's see if the process works out here for the New York Jets. Do you feel like Aaron Rodgers is that dude? Like he's Tom Brady. You just, in Tampa, you bring Tom Brady down. That team clearly, no, I'm not sure people realized it at the time that it was going to be that sort of plug and play. But apparently they were just a quarterback with less interceptions away from a Super Bowl. Is it the same situation in New York? No, no. I think there's more at stake for Aaron Rodgers. I think Tom Brady still would have been considered the GOAT even if they didn't win one in Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay was already pre-cooked, pre-ready to go. It was like a turnkey house situation. right? I look at the Jets. You could say it's not as turnkey. I think a lot of players are younger. So – the, the questions around Aaron Rodgers and mentoring, right? The, we've had, um, you know, certain guests on the show that have came on and talked about in the past about him not being there last year throughout the summer, him going on retreats, him not working with the young wideout core, and the amount of time it takes to build that familiarity, that continuity. And also for Tom Brady, like Tom Brady came off winning a Super Bowl two years prior and then turn around and win one again. If you look at since going to the Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers, he's 7-9 and nine in the postseason, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think his talent is one of those talents that is always considered to be in the upper echelon in the history of quarterbacks. He just doesn't have the resume as it relates to Super Bowl titles to compare with the greatest of greats. So the leadership aspect for Aaron Rodgers has always been to a degree at question, so watching, I think there's more at stake for Aaron Rodgers coming over to the Jets if he can get the job done for what it means for his overall legacy. 
it's been a decade since Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. Now, in that sport, we've seen it. I mean, we've seen the Dan Marinos of the world have unbelievable careers where everybody agrees they're, you know, the greatest of their generation and then don't have any Super Bowl rings to show for it. So in that sport, because of how large those rosters are and, and how many elements there are that go into actually winning a Super Bowl, it does happen. Mm-hmm. Is that more Aaron Rodgers' fault? There is a significant lack of postseason success. So now if you put him on this team that's loaded with talent on both sides of the ball, is it going to be a plug-and-play situation? I would typically say no. If we compare it to other sports, if we compare it to your sport in basketball, right, even with the Miami Heat, when you see it work, it doesn't work until year two because there is a learning curve there in terms of developing that chemistry and it's not just as easy as you guys are superstars show up and let's do this thing but we have seen it work in football is what's interesting we've seen it not just with Tampa we also saw it pretty recently with the Los Angeles Rams where Now, Jared Goff had gotten them there. They were a very Super Bowl-ready team. That little upgrade to Matthew Stafford, and it put them over the hump. Because of that, it gives me pause in saying that this isn't going to work for the Jets in terms of a Super Bowl ring, but we're talking about a Jets team that is in a loaded division. There's so many factors, particularly in that sport when it comes to injuries. My money would still be betting against this working out, not this betting that this is going to work out. Well, Tampa Bay, a lot of veteran players. You made mention of an NBA team with you know, LeBron James, if you think about the Miami Heat, like D-Wade, but also Pat Riley. Like that culture was already set. Eric Spolster, right? Like, you know, the whole thing about throughout training camp, you know, making sure that you ride the bike for an hour before training camp and after training camp and keeping your weight loss. Like the culture is already set. What did we watch last year with the Jets, which is my reason for them not winning it this year? Like I think they'll make the playoffs. I think it'll be a fight, but I don't have them winning a Super Bowl in year one like Tom Brady with Tampa Bay. Like there was so much, there was so much that was in flux last year, Amber. Like who was the starting quarterbacks? The ups and downs, right? Like uh, a lot of uh, first year head coach and Robert Sala going through the waves of defending his team against the media, personality traits. There still feels like there's a lot of things that are unsettled with this team. That it takes a year or so to really establish. What is the culture? What are the right habits? What are the right tendencies when we go through, you know? arduous times with Aaron Rodgers. How do we build through that? I just don't see it culminating to them winning a title in year one. I agree that it's a very tall task because the difference here between Tampa and and certainly with Los Angeles and this New York team is that culture that you described, where that culture hasn't really existed with New York. I mean, obviously it hasn't existed for many years with New York, but even this past season, a seven-win Jets team that finishes last in its division, couldn't even finish above the New England Patriots. And of course, a lot of that had to do with the quarterback play, but how much better can it get? And also the other competition in the AFC East continues to get better as well, particularly the Miami Dolphins. And so I could see a situation where the Jets are better, Jay. I mean, Mm. by all standards, the Jets are going to be better with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. But better doesn't necessarily mean winning a Super Bowl better, right? Better means postseason to me, yes, fine. And maybe even some semblance of postseason success. But a Super Bowl, that's a whole other thing for a team that just won seven games last season. But it also brings up this notion about buying a chip, buying a championship, right? Like, I, I, I go back. You can you can bring on additive pieces if your culture is set. Like that is the best equation to winning a championship, right? Like a like bringing on one additional piece of like if it, you're a quarterback away, yeah. But that that culture still 
feels to me like it's being established by the Jets. Like with Tampa Bay, like you knew what Bruce Arians was all about. Like you knew what Byron Leftwich was about. Like obviously that relationship with Tom Brady. Like there, there, there was an established culture there and what they had on the defensive side of the ball. It just felt like Tom Brady was the missing piece. I still think we're watching that culture be established and young players trying to recognize what their own power and what their own weight is that they carry within this franchise. And I, to me, that's why it gives me a slight pause for to start talking about title for them, even though I know internally their expectation will be to win a title. Now, it did work for Tampa because that Bucks team with Jameis Winston was exactly a seven-win team. Yeah. So that was a seven-win team in Jameis Winston's final year. And remember, that was the season, I think, that he threw the 30 interceptions in addition to the 33 30 touchdowns, right? 30. But the 30 interceptions. Over 5,000 yards, but 30 interceptions. So they move on from him, a seven-win team. They go from seven wins to 11 wins and a Super Bowl title. So for them, it worked like that. We've seen it from that perspective before. The thing is, though, with that Bucks team, they were vets. They were vets around Tom saying. Brady. Yeah, exactly. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were already vets when yes. he got down there to Tampa. This New York Jets team is incredibly young. They're so young that they're innovative, though, right? And they are using some unusual tactics in order <laughs> to remember their playbook, Jay. Alan Lazard, he is a wide receiver for the New York Jets. He described how Nathaniel Hackett is getting them to remember the playbook. All right. I mean, he gets a room of grown men to make animal noises. <laughs> and it may not make too much sense, but, like, it's pertaining to the play, whether it's a name, whether it's a whale, a kangaroo, a pony, a shark. A, you know, you'd have to sit in the meetings to hear. <laughs> but he's the only person that can get grown men to do something like that. I've never experienced something like that ever in my life playing career, different organizations, different coaches I've had. So, Amber, we're going to play a game for the rest of the show. You oh, ready? Uh, the game for the, and, and by the way, I play this game with my kids. I played it with grown-ass men and people. I, I love it on car trips. It's fun. I'm going to say an animal name. Oh, no. And it will happen randomly for the next three hours of the show. And I will call people out. Oh, and you have to try to imitate the animal's sound with the name. You ready? I'll give you. Ready? Kangaroo. Uh, Go. Kangaroo. I don't know what sounds. Don't I don't want to hear. No, 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 no excuses in this game, Amber. Hop, 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 hop. There you go. Jump, 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 jump. So that's that's what kangaroos sound like. They 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 say the they say the word jump jump. What is this? Cypress Hill. What's going on? I mean, what is it? What sound does a kangaroo make? I don't know. Give me give me a legitimate sound. You think a kangaroo would make? What sound does a shark make? That's what I'm saying. Don't don't ask questions. Just go. Hey, look. No, I don't know, Jay. What you have to do it now. But I gave no, you one. No, 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 no. I'm listen, the one that brought I this up. Been to, you, I haven't been to Australia. For all I know, they're out here with you know, jump, 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 jump. I mean, it's entirely possible. I've never jump, seen one in person. Jump, jump, jump. Did you know kangaroos can't hop backwards? Oh, why can't? Why? Wow, that's weird. Like what? What they can only go forward. So they uh, I don't make know. soft I don't clicking noises. And, they make clicking noises. Yes. All right. Okay, Nunito. Yeah. Nunito, you ready? A shark. Go. I got you. <laughs> Dummy. Oh my God. 
animals cannot speak English. And when do animals say, I got you? Are those sharks? You know sharks on the beach. She'll better about it now. I got you. What the hell? Why What? Why you say it what? like that? So, like, mid-bite, though. I got you. What the Jay, hell is that? a hyena. Go. I dolphins you've been what? around. I, yeah, that's, I don't know, man. That's a killer dolphin. I, I don't. I oh, feel okay. like we might hit on the wrong animal, and someone might be canceled. So yeah. let's uh, let's go to break. Let's do that. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to help the Jets buy a championship? More animal sounds, maybe even your phone calls. Amber, we'll do some sports. A baby turtle. Uh, <laughs> what? You sounded nervous. What? 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 Nervous baby turtle? Like, is it running from the shore to the beach? Is it? Can you is, give me some easy ones, like a dog? Or what are we? What the heck? Go to break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Jay Williams, hanging out with you. You can watch us on ESPN2 and ESPNU. You can also listen to us, of course, on ESPN Radio, which is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But it's not just Amber and Jay. It's also Damien. Damien Woody in studio with Jay at the seaport. Mm. Damien, does does Jay smell? Because he's been wearing the same clothes for 24 (sighs) straight hours, including on air yesterday on this show. Listen, it is it Jay, fresh in there, Damien? Yeah, the vibes. The vibes are immaculate. There you go. Okay, like the, the like the smell is good. Like Jay is my guy. Yeah, that's like what I'm saying, I would never hate on my guy. You see how she tried to set us up? You know what? It's too early in the morning for all of that. That's what I'm saying, baby. Why is she hating on I, you? I don't know. It's a lot of just negativity coming from Amber this morning. It's not the kind of energy I want to start my right, day with. You know exactly, what I mean? I, exactly. By the way, exactly. you looking you looking fresh and clean, man. You just come. You haven't got, you haven't gotten the shape. I haven't even gotten a haircut. I'm like on still on vacation. Vacation mode and everything, but I'm feeling good. Like we got ball tonight, we got yeah. an actual game tonight, so I'm good. I'm ready. Big, I gotta ask you because because Amber and I kind of disagree on this, but I, I need to hear your real take on how you would react. So there was a video that went viral yesterday of Trayvon Diggs and Dak Prescott. Have you seen this video? Where they were like talking trash to each other? Pretty much where yeah. Trayvon Diggs called him a beep beep, mm-hmm. the B word, mm-hmm. right? Ass to his face. Yeah. Now. I like Dak Prescott. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. 
But there's a part of me, and I've talked to Amber about this, that if another grown-ass man yeah. in practice or wherever we are yeah. calls me that word to my face, yeah. something's about to happen. Because yeah. I don't know what's about to happen, but you're about to see a new side of me, a different reaction. And the fact that Dak didn't react, kind of ran the other way and softly lobbed the ball, am I reading too much into it? If some other grown man called you that to your face on the field, what would that mean to you? I, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see. I, I, me personally, Jay, okay. I live for that. Yes. Like, I live for the trash talk. I love that. It, it's feeding my energy when stuff like that happens. I think that Dak, Dak was talking trash during practice, too. Okay. Like, they had been woofing all all practice long, apparently, from the clips I saw on uh, on, on what they call X now. Okay, I, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so – but I also think that Dak is smart. Like, you don't want things to escalate. You do something stupid. And then you possibly get yourself injured or whatever. But I love the trash talking. I I like that. I want because it's competitive. I want I like to me it makes each other better. CJ, so, you know you know what that's spoken like. That's spoken like a dude who won a couple Super Bowls and played football, not basketball. That's what that's spoken like. Damian Woody, he knows how to handle a word. Jay, look at that. Uh, I'm showing I'm showing D Wood the <laughs> yeah, video right showing, now. I'm showing because, because, so, because, so that's what happens right there. And then the soft little lob. So all I'm saying, big like, and I know we do this in basketball. I know I, I'm a big fan of the hold me back crew. So, so wait a minute. So, so what kind of smoke are you advocating for for Dak? What do you? What, what kind of reaction did you want Dak to have? I just know I talk a lot of trash to right. a lot of people. Ain't no, ain't no per, trash goes only so far before right. I'm like I'm gonna get you gonna get some kind of reaction from me. Right. Okay. You ain't gonna call me that. Right. And then just casually glide away without <laughs> yeah. me. Re- without me making sure that your ass recognizes that yo you ain't calling me that. Yeah, I, Jay I, wants I Dak to turn into Draymond Green all of a sudden. No, I just I, no no Amber, but I it, it does make me question sometimes like. Do we ever think do trash talking one of his teammates and Jalen Hurts would call him that? Like there's certain people that you just like, all right, like we could trash talk all do day, D Wood. Like there's certain things I ain't gonna cross out because I know you. Right. I know you. So, so do you a, think that like do you think there's a lack of respect there that he that because of what he said, like he wouldn't try that with someone else? Is that what you're saying? I do. Yeah, okay. Okay. I, I think get, there's certain people you know, there's certain people yeah. like yo, you ain't saying certain things to certain people. Right. I know yeah. what time is going to be, even if right. we trash talking or not, even if we boys or not. Right. So, like, I don't know. I maybe I am reading too much into it, but I think personality traits. Big, like, you won championships. There's certain things that, like, you know, people you read into things. I just don't know that you won a championship. Did any of your teammates ever call you that, or so you saw somebody call Tom that? No, we no. You, okay, so no, I, that's all I'm asking. Want, you don't want the smoke. That's what I'm saying. Right. But you did get all the trash talking and the fighting at training camp, right? Like, why is everybody so heated at all the time at training camp in particular, Damian? Well, I mean, listen, I, like, I don't know why today because training camp is nowhere near what it was like when I when I first came into the league. But I know, like, when I when I was in the league, we had real two a day practice, and it would be hot, and you'd be in the padded practices, and you'd be in the dog days of training camp. I actually have a scar on my hand, my right hand. Mm. Jay can see yeah, it. Yeah, that's a and, legit uh, scar, too. It, it comes from, yeah, it was a fight. It was a fight in training camp. I threw a punch, which was a huge no-no. You never throw a punch, and, it hit, and I hit a guy in his helmet, and I just felt like my hand explode. <sighs> I, like, I broke, like, multiple bones, and I missed all of training camp. Coach was hot. What did he say to you? What happened? He was hot. He was just like, how could you do this? Like, you're one of my most important players and now I had to go down to Alabama to see Dr. Andrews and get my, get, you know, get my yeah, hand yeah. fixed. And 
I miss all the training camp. That's and what I, Jay wants yeah. Dak to do. Is that the third, <laughs> stop. Is that the third metacarpal? Yes. Much? Yeah. 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 All right. But yeah. all right. But but what happened? Like, what got you to that point, Big Wood? Oh, I need wh- details. Oh, we were like, uh, it was like a run blocking drill, and then I went a little bit past the whistle, a little bit past the whistle. Yeah. And then I turned around, and my man, my man, pushed me in the back, and it was See, just one of those days where, you know, it was hot. You know, we just. People are tired of hitting each other. You don't push and nobody then I, in the back while they walk away. And I just so. I swung without even looking, mm. and I and I hit him. I hit I hit the player right in his helmet. You see Broke Amber. My hand. You see Amber. You see what happens. Yeah. You see what happens. That's what you want. That's what you want, Dak. I don't. I, I'm not, I'm not advocating for Dak to throw do. punches, Amber. So he has to but, go to Doctor Anders. I mean, it seems like a terrible idea. A good idea, though. Damian mentioned the Hall of Fame game tonight. You've got the Jets and the Browns. So, Damian, I want to talk about these two teams for a second because these are two quarterbacks that feel like they have a lot of pressure. If I asked you which one has more pressure in Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, who I doubt we're seeing much tonight, but in terms of the season, which guy has more pressure? Well, I mean, when you trade for Aaron Rodgers, the goal is a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's it's the goal. Like. That's what we're, that's what our expectations are with the Jets. But I will also say, also say this about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's last year in Houston. Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback. I don't know if people really understand like how good Deshaun Watson was before all the off the field stuff came about in the suspension, subsequent suspension. So I think it's imperative for him to kind of bounce back. I don't know if he's going to be top five, but he needs to be like a top quarterback. Dude, you're getting paid $230 million guaranteed. Like, I need some return on that. What do you Big think the, time. What do you think the most important aspect of him getting back to that caliber will be within the offensive season? Well, I, I think just the fact that he's participating. He he was able to go through a whole offseason program. He's in training camp. I've always said you can't get better at playing, get better at football, but by playing the game of football. Mm. So now he's getting all these reps. And, you know, when you've had, like, basically a two-year hiatus, you're going to struggle. So, I like, I think now is the perfect time for him to really show, like, yeah, y'all forgot about me, but I'm still that dude out here on the football field. Mm. Some people have him, Deshaun Watson, as the player who's going to take the biggest leap this season because simply we've forgotten where he was back in 2019. Is there another player you'd have on that list, Damian, as a dude that you think is just going to have a breakout season look very different than he did last season? I think Russ because you, the only place you can go is up. After that fiasco. <laughs> it was that low? It was that low, bro. Like, like, like if, 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 if I'm a guy that's buying stock, you always want to buy stock low. No. I'm buying it on Russ because I think that Sean Payton is going is you know he's going to bring in that 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 structure that culture that's going to bring that's going to get the most out of Russell Wilson. I don't know if he's going to be prime Russ, but he's going he you know my expectation is he's going to be a lot better than what we saw last year. Real quick before I let you go, Alan Lazard for the Jets was talking about uh, Nathaniel Hackett the other day was saying you know they're play calling they're doing a lot of imitation of animals, so he's like. He, and Nathaniel Hackett, the smile on your face. Okay. You know, he says, like, hey, kangaroo, and you got to make the sound of a kangaroo. So we're playing this little silly game where we name an animal and you have to make the sound. Okay. You ready? Um, okay. A baby seal. <laughs> I don't even know what a seal sounds like. It's, no excuses, Big Wood. He's got to make the sound. A baby seal? A baby seal. <laughs> <laughs> A 
What in the Like I don't even know. I don't even Yeah, just yeah, just beep it out. Like what the hell is what the hell am I doing? Trying to make a baby seal sound. That's Damien Woody. Damien Woody. Say that joint again, y'all. Oh, oh man! I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> you see, Chris, what's Woody. What do you find more of that on social media? Oh man, y'all, Thanks, y'all Damien. good, man. Y'all stay I appreciate easy. you, dog. Yeah. Don't, don't, y'all <laughs> hear me? Don't dirty. nobody push Big Wood in the back now, okay? Y'all gonna <laughs> learn today. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio and ESPN Two, will Mac Jones be the first quarterback bench this season? We'll get into it. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Good <laughs> up. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. Well, Patriots fans might need to relax if Mac Jones doesn't pan out. For this New England team, Amber Wilson, Jay Williams, hanging out with you. Find him at Real Jay Williams. Find me as well at Amber W Sports. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So the question is, as we approach week 17, I think everybody believes Mac is probably the starter at the beginning of the season for the New England Patriots. But is that sustainable? Is he going to be the starter, Jay, towards the end of the season? Bill Belichick is non-committal about him being the starter at any point. Bill Belichick, non-committal, not giving us information? That's crazy. I've never heard such a thing. Here's Bill. He said, we'll give them a chance to compete and see how it goes. Is that implying that the quarterback job is kind of open for competition during camp? Everybody's out here competing. It's all 90 guys. Yeah, that's what we're all here for. Just go out and compete. So Mac Jones isn't necessarily your Everybody's out here competing. Everybody's out here competing. That's what everybody's doing. Oh, that oh, act was oh, so much cuter by, when by, they were by winning, the way, wasn't Amber, it? If Bill Belichick was coaching the damn Toon Squad and it was the offseason, he wouldn't commit to Michael Jordan over Tweety Bird at the two spot. Okay? I mean, like, it's, it, 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 it's just who, believes it. It's just who Bill Belichick is. By the way, there's a reason why Bill O'Brien was brought in. Right? Like, come on. It, it's Everybody knows that Matt Jones, and you hear all this stuff about his relationship with Robert Kraft, they are committed to Mac Jones. They got him at the spot in the draft for that reason in particular. Now, I like Bailey Zappi. I think he is talented. But you brought in Bill O'Brien to give Mac Jones the best opportunity to win, especially after going through what we saw in that travesty, the chaos from last year with Patricia and with Joe Judge, who you know the quarterback coach. Who is the quarterback coach? Where is their accountability? We watched Mac Jones blow up on the sideline. Obviously, their relationship is somewhat fragile. Mac Jones addressed this the other day where he came back and said, hey, look, I'm ready to start a new leaf. Like, I, this is one of your top draft picks talking about last year. Like, I had to start over. Like, there's a reason why you're going about doing it the way you are. That's why I think there's so much on the line this year 
for Bill Belichick and how he continues to mold the young talent of a guy like Mac Jones that he took so high in the draft. I don't know Mac Jones. I don't know what works for him in terms of motivation or in terms of coaching, right? What I do know is this act from Bill Belichick because we've seen it time and time and time again. If he is doing it specific to his quarterback, because Mac is one of those guys who needs to feel like somebody's coming at all times and needs to have that chip and needs to have the competition in order to work his hardest on and off the field, then fine. But I feel like this is just Bill being Bill, right? Because the reality is at training camp so far, Jay, all the reports out of camp are that Mac Jones is getting the reps with the starters. Mac Jones, day six, training camp. He can be seen working out with Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, those other guys in Bailey Zappi and McSorley. They're over there working out with the reserves. What does that indicate? That indicates Mac Jones is your starter, right? And so what does it do? Not telling us, the media, that Mac Jones is your starter when we're all sitting there and we're all watching Mac Jones be your starter, Bill. It's like when Bill wouldn't tell us who the OC was last season, right? I don't know who my coordinators are. It's anybody's job. We're all out here competing, all 90 of us. Stupid. Here's my problem with it, though, Amber. You ready? And look, I'm not debating on whether Bill Belichick is the greatest coach to ever coach. I've been lucky enough to be around some incredible coaches, Greg Popovich, Michael Krzyzewski. The thing I've seen about those guys is that the way they coach constantly evolves. It changes. The things that Michael Krzyzewski did 10 years ago are not the same things that he did a year before he retired. Right? Same with Greg Popovich. You don't think he has to change up the style and how he's going to individually coach their top draft pick this year in Victor Wimbanyama? So for me, like, I question that sometimes around Bill. And also, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with it, I've heard constantly from NFL players about the sensitivity levels of quarterbacks. There's a reason why Tom Brady left the Patriots to go to the Bucks. Right? About, once again, changing styles and ways. What do we see from Sean Payton? Sean Payton, some people call it extreme, but he went to a certain point to openly acknowledge the faults of another offensive coordinator who's not even on his team, who is, by the way, on a different coast to protect the fragility of his own quarterback and his own team. So there's something about a coach who has a history of doing exactly what you just made mention of, Amber, not being committed to a player. Can you imagine how much that would empower Mac Jones if Bill Belichick came out and said, this is Mac Jones' team. Right. We are on board. Think about what that does for the psyche of a young quarterback to hear a legendary coach, the greatest of all time, say, this is yours. I'm giving you the keys. And by the way, I know in year one, you took us to the playoffs with the legit offensive coordinator. I know that I fumbled the bag in year two. And now... I'm making up for my mistakes. Like Something about that is what I want to see from Bill. And sometimes this leads me to question some of the style or some of the tactics. I'm like, isn't that old, Bill? Haven't we been down this road before? Going the route of we believe in you. That's why we drafted you. We believe in you. We believe Mac Jones will return back to rookie season form and even build on top of that in a year when he went to a Pro Bowl as an alternate. That feels like the better direction to take here, frankly, with this Mac Jones generation. I don't know, but you mentioned there how Pop is able to change over the years his coaching style. It's one of the most impressive things I find about these older coaches because how hard does it have to be, right? I mean, it's got to be so hard 
for these guys that are Pop's age and Bill Belichick's age and the guys that have been doing it over decades and decades and quite literally over the course of changing generations. That's got to be bizarre to figure out the next way to reach the next generation because the way that you reach Gen Zers isn't probably the same as the way that you reach millennials and whomever else is involved in that conversation. I agree with you. I don't know if Bill's part of that club of coaches that at 71 years old can continue to adapt in that regard. And if I'm 71 years old, I don't know if I want to adapt, right? I mean, it's why a lot of people hang it up around that age and and go off into retirement. I could understand the desire not being there, in other words, to try to find a new way to relate to these kids or a new way to coach them. I, I, I wouldn't blame him for that at all. To me, it doesn't take away what Bill did for all those decades or his greatness, but the question is, is he able to do it moving forward? And if he can't get the most out of Mac Jones, is it a Mac Jones problem or is it still somewhat of a coaching problem? Certainly Bill O'Brien will help the conversation because I think we all believe that's a huge upgrade at OC, but I don't know if it alleviates the pressure or all of the pressure anyways from Belichick. I don't know, Amber. I mean, maybe we'll see a completely different Mac Jones this season under Bill Mm O'Brien, but there were times I found myself watching games last year where Billy Zappi looks different. It just, you know, we talk a lot about the way certain players move, you know, the confidence in which they play. And I'm not saying that Mac doesn't have the confidence level, but the way Bailey Zappi is able to get out of harm's way, it looks different. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there was times last season that Zappi looked better, easily better, and more comfortable in that offense as Jones. So we'll see how it looks this season. I mean, it hits different. The attitude, the Bill Belichick, not giving us anything, not giving the media anything. It hits different when they're losing, man, right? When they're at the bottom of that division, it slaps so differently than it did with Tom Brady when they were at the top of that division. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio and ESPNU, how does Jay feel about his favorite team not only punting on this season, but seemingly punting on next season as well? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. Jay, you heard that, right? Yes. It's just a repurposing, buddy. It's just a repurposing of your team, the New York Mets. It's not a fire sale. Sure, it looks like it. Because, you know, they traded away all their best players. But it's a repurposing, Jay. It's fine. Fine, Amber. Whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, I'm dedicated. I'm committed to my team. I'm not going anywhere through thick and thin. There's obviously a little bit more thick than thin here. I don't even know what that means, if it even made sense, but it felt right. And uh, we're going we're gonna to fight through it. That's where we are in life. Yeah, you sound really 
motivated. Well, it, it, there's a lot going on, right? I got encouraged. Harry Douglas still texts me about his Braves. And there's a, there's a lot of trash talking. I lost I mean, he, a bottle of tequila to him last year. There's really no point this. in trash talking. Like Harry won the no, but Harry it's won. not. Like, but like Harry doesn't even the text me. Up. Harry doesn't even text me stuff about the Braves. Harry just be like, hey, and I'm like, if you don't leave me alone, don't <laughs> talk to me. Don't say hey, hey Jay. I, 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 Maybe I, just I don't check want in small on his talk friends, with you, Harry. You know, he's just checking in, making sure you're okay. Yeah, see, that's mean. That's like you're you're. <laughs> Your dirty sweater jokes to start the show. You know, like those are slights. Those take, are slights. Those are jokes. Personally. First of all, those are facts. I take it personally. That's, you know, that's all. That's how I'm built. You know, we had Damian Woody. He was like, yeah, you push me in the back. I'm going to throw a punch. I'm going to break my hand. Yeah, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not there, so I, I'm safe. I, I'm at yeah, a very safe distance down here in Florida. I feel very comfortable nope, nope, insulting yep. your sweater this morning. Very, very comfortable. <laughs> it's also, I feel very comfortable insulting the New York Mets because this is a colossal failure, a historic failure. Now, I will say this. In fairness to you and to all Mets fans, as funny as this is for those of us who are not Mets fans, I would feel encouraged if I was you by having an owner that's willing to spend the money. And I know, yes, you're willing to spend all the money in the world, highest payroll in MLB history, and it doesn't work out. And that's really funny to laugh at. But from a macro perspective, The dude's willing to do whatever it takes. And what I will say also is I actually kind of like the about face halfway through the season where as we approach the trade deadline, it's like, okay, this isn't working. Because what they could have done, Jay, is they could have just kept the plan in place and just ran it back next year and just hoped that this year was an anomaly. They could have done that. And instead, they decided, you know what? We are going to cut our losses and we're going to change course. And I, I feel like... That's encouraging as a fan to just know that they are willing to do whatever it takes, even if it doesn't work out the first time. Well, look, I, I can say this because I personally go to games. Like, Steve Cohen is one of these guys. He's not like a passive owner. Like, he's in his box for every game. Like, he is adamantly watching each and every at-bat. Like, he's watching all the details. He's talking to the general manager. He's talking to uh, Billy all the time. So it, it's he is passionate about it. And, you know, we, we got into a little bit of a, a spat with our own Pat Costello here in the show. Because for me, I like people that are willing to say, you know what, it's time to pivot. I made a mistake. Like, we put our eggs in this basket. It didn't work. And I own it. Obviously, he called, like, a press conference in the middle of the season, right before the trade deadline. It's like, if I don't see changes – then we're going to make moves, right? Now, Max Scherzer came out and was like, yeah, Brass has some answers to me about certain things. Oh, we do? Okay, bye. <laughs> Justin Verlander, I get it. Back to Houston, you get you know quality assets in return for that. I, I much rather have somebody that is willing to spend in the market and can adjust. That's what Steve Cohen does for a living, Amber. He watches the market. Oh, okay, like I had a position here on this it didn't work out great. I have to pivot. I have to change. I'm going to change my position three or four times throughout the course of the day. Guess what? I walked away a winner. Like That's what people do. That's what successful people do. You change, you pivot, you move on to the next, and you see how that works out. If it doesn't work, you keep moving. And that's who Steve Cohen is. That It, it seems like that's who Steve Cohen is, but you can't ignore the fact that the Mets now, without Scherzer, without Verlander, they're not going to look very good in 2024. Here is the Mets owner on what the expectations should be for this team next season. I think the expectations were really high this year, and my guess is next year will be a lot lower. But, you know, I can't speak to what 
you know, what's going to happen in the offseason. I mean, there may be opportunity. I'm opportunistic, okay? I mean, uh, I don't I don't want to roll a team out there that we're going to be embarrassed by. But saying, you know, I, but we also know that, you know, spending a fortune, you know, everyone says I spent a lot of money, and other teams did too, doesn't guarantee you uh, a trip to the playoffs. He spent a lot of money. He spent a lot of money, by the way, to get rid of these guys too. I mean, uh, Mets uh, eating what thirty-five million of Verlander's salary this season. He tipped his hand. He told everybody. Like, here, here's what I like. I, I think earlier with Steve, I heard a lot more of a fan talking, more so than an owner. To me, like it's felt like this is the owner Steve Cohen. Like I'll read you verbatim what he said. You know, on June twenty-eighth, all is not lost, but it's getting late. I'm preparing my management team for all possibilities. If they don't get better, we have decisions to make at the trade deadline. And 35 days later, okay, like literally, he said, nobody listened to me. If you're not willing to listen, if we don't see changes in how we're playing, I'm going to make moves. And by the way, I told you so. I told you so. This is not somebody that's thinking with their heart, and I'm a passionate fan, and we're going to run it back. And No, he's thinking about it economically, and he's thinking about it rationally. And that's what you want from an owner. Scherzer had a year and a half left on his deal at $43.3 million per year. I mean, his performance was tracking to be worth about one-third of that, right? And so the Rangers get them for, you know, $22.5 million. Like, for what they're getting, it's more reasonable. For what the Mets had, you can understand why Steve Cohen was so upset with these guys. And he's putting there, with those comments you just read, Jay, the onus on the players, the blame on the players. What he's not doing is putting the blame on his manager. Now, maybe that's just a tactic right now. His manager's still there. Those players aren't. But Steve Cohen seems to be blaming the players for their performance or lack thereof their performance. He tried to warn them. They didn't play better. If you don't play better, even though I just had the highest role in baseball, highest payroll in baseball history, I will break this thing down four months later if I have to. That's the type of standard I'm setting here in New York for the New York Mets. I mean, look, it's pretty apparent and that there is a lot of pressure on Billy Epler to make a lot of things happen here, right? Like, I think everybody within those reins really likes Buck Showalter and what he brings to the table. Um, but, like, there's pressure on Billy to make things happen here when you have an owner that is worth $20 billion and willing to spend absorbent amounts of money in order to get you the talent, right? So I, the, the question is, you know, is Billy the guy? I'm not sure he is, and I love Billy. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of bigger decisions to make coming this offseason about the, the future manager of this team. But none of these decisions are made without Steve the Cohen, right? He is, he is the owner yes. of that team. He's a very, very active owner. Here is Steve Cohen on his ownership. Here's the final word on what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, you I, take I, the recommendations. Yeah, I, take the, I, I can turn it down if I want. Yeah. Okay, I own the club, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that. I don't think we forgot that, Steve. Don't forget that. I own the club. He's the final word. He's the final say. In other sports, sometimes we hate this, right? Like the Jerry Jones of the world. It's easy to talk smack about it. I don't hate it because, like you said earlier, Jay, it is an owner who is not just fully invested from a financial perspective, like all of these owners are, but he's fully invested from a fan perspective as well. He's there. He's at every game. He cares about this club. And, you know, look, I'll say this about Billy Epler. I mean, given the situation at the trade deadline, I think he'd made some some great moves, right? We can go into that a little bit deeper later. 
but it, it, look, this is going to be a roller coaster ride, especially when you have somebody that is an active participant. And I much rather, Amber, at the end of the day, I much rather have an active owner than somebody who's passive and just says, oh, all right, you guys just keep doing whatever you want to do. They're aggressively buying prospect value there. They're going to have to find some way to shore up those holes in their rotation for next season. They will be in the free agent market next season. This is ESPN Radio. More next.